Well, good morning, Coastal. How are you guys doing this morning? You guys doing well? Welcome, welcome, welcome. My name is TJ. I'm one of the pastors here. We're glad that you're with us. Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. Everybody, everybody have a good Christmas. Everybody, every good Christmas, New Year's. Uh, okay, just uh, on the count of three, I want to hear what y'all got for Christmas. So if on three, if y'all can just shout it out as, as loud as you can. Ready? One, two, three. Why, why is every service I've done that, I've heard socks? Like, <laughs> I don't, it's like not a good Christmas gift, but I, I guess it's a need-based gift. But anyways, anyways, we're glad that you're here this morning. We're, we're beginning a brand new series for a brand new year, and we're, we're starting a series called Expand, and I believe that, that this series is, is, is going to be very pivotal and uh, very important for our church and for this year, and, 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 and I'm really excited about it because uh, I, I really believe that God wants to take our lives to the next level, and this is a year that God wants to do something different that he's done before, and so uh, if you've been around Coastal any length of time in the beginning of the year, we always do some prayer and fasting. We're getting ready to start that this week. Some of us have started that earlier. And uh, so every year we, we believe that God gives, uh, give us, gives us a word to give us some direction and some clarity for what this, word, this year is going to look like. And so, but in December, I, I spent a little bit of time prayer, praying and fasting myself, just trying to get prepared for this next season uh, of our church. And I, I felt like God really spoke to me the, the word for our church this year as a, as a corporate body. And I think it's going to be that way for a lot of us individually as well. It was this, this word expansion. And, uh, and, and so I, I thought, man, what not a better, greater way to start off 2018 than talking about how, how do we expand as, as, a, as a body? How do we expand as individuals? And, and what, does God want to, what does that mean for us individually, personally, corporately in life? And so I, I went to Webster's Dictionary and I just grabbed the definition of expand. And this is what it literally means. It means to open out, to spread, to increase in extent, number, volume, or scope. To feel generous or optimistic. And I thought to myself, man, what a great, great outlook for a year. What a great word for you to have this year, man. God wants you to expand, not, not like volume-wise when it comes to like this. Some of us have already maximized that, myself included. But like, and just in life, God wants to take us to some greater levels than maybe we've gone before. And maybe he wants to increase some influence. He wants to increase uh, may, maybe some other areas of your life and, and take you to some, some things you've never done before. And so uh, I want for every single one of us to realize that, that God's got something more for our life than what we currently settle for. And, and we all have got some incredible potential. In fact, the Bible tells us that you were made on purpose and for a purpose and with a purpose, that, that God actually designed you with a purpose and a plan. And so our hope is that you'll live that out. And our, our whole desire as a church is that you'll realize that and walk that out and that that will be the reason for your living that when you die someday because I can promise you this the one thing that I know about all of us is that we're all going to die and so uh, that's that's the one sets off the year really well right hey you're, you're all going to die thanks pastor uh, but <laughs> here's the deal like I've done quite a few funerals in, in the past little bit and and one thing at the end of that funeral everybody sits around at a house and they're, they're eating potato salad or whatever, and they talk about that person. And I was sitting there at one recently, and I thought to myself, what do I want them to say about me when I'm gone? Do I want them to say, man, he did a really good job of sucking up oxygen while he was here. Good job, TJ. 
He existed really well. Man, you did such a great job of just taking up space and, you know, just kind of floating along through life and just, just making it. I, I think God's got something more. And I don't know about you, but I want them to be saying, man, that dude didn't have much talent, but the talent he did, he took it to levels that we can't believe. <laughs> I mean, he had good looking going for him, but beyond that, there wasn't much. <laughs> A little bit too much laughter over there in this session. A little bit too much. Be nice. It's, it's a new year. And so, so we want you to live your purpose and your potential. And so there's a verse in Philippians chapter 3. If you have a Bible, you can follow along. If you don't, you can look in your worship guide or on the, the screen. It says this in Philippians chapter 3. I focus on this one thing. Listen, there's a lot of things you can focus on, but there's something that all of us should focus on. He's, he's trying to give us some clarity here, the, the Apostle Paul is. He says, forgetting the past, which means, listen, 2017 is over. What happened last year is last year. You don't have to bring that into 2018. God's got something different for you. We got to forget that. Like we can learn from that, but we don't have to operate out of it anymore. So he says, forget that and look forward to what lies ahead. I'll press on. And I want you to circle the word press on, the words press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize, circle heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. See, God has got something more for 2018 than what he had in 2017. And he's saying, hey, listen, that's over with. I want you to do something differently. I want you to focus on something differently. And I want your attention to be on one thing. And so the, the, there's some of the words that I had you circle there is heavenly prize. And it's the Greek word classes, which means it's a divine invitation, which is telling me that God has given each and every one of us a divine invitation into our destiny. God's got a purpose and he's got a plan. And not only does he have a purpose and a plan, but he's invited you to live that out. In fact, you might not even know this, but when Shayla and I were thinking about planning a church, we almost named this church Destiny Church because we, we, we wanted people to realize that, man, God's got so much for their lives. And we want them to live out their purpose and their plan and their destiny of their life. And I want every single one of us to recognize that we're invited to that kind of life. And then I had you circle the word press on, and it means to stretch oneself towards. He says, listen, this year, what I want you to do is I want to stretch yourself towards something. I want you to stretch yourself towards this divine invitation to something better than you're currently experiencing in your life. Listen, there is no door to success. A lot of people think, man, eventually I'm just going to open up this door and I'm going to walk through it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a success. I'm going to be all that in a bag of chips with a guacamole dip. I'm going to be like, how about you, boy? You know, that's what you think. But life doesn't happen like that. The road to success starts with the door of opportunity that's right in front of you right now. And if you're willing to step through that door of opportunity, what will happen is as you maximize that opportunity, you'll get another door of opportunity. And as you step through that and maximize that opportunity, you'll step through the next door and the next door and the next door and the next door. But you've got to be faithful with the opportunities you do have. You can't ignore the opportunities that are right now. And that's the secret to living out our destiny is stepping through every single one of those opportunities. And the moment that we quit pursuing those opportunities, we quit growing, we quit stretching ourselves. And all of a sudden, those opportunities seem to start drying up. We're like, man, there's just not much opportunity right now. Why? Because you've stopped stepping through the opportunities that were presented to you. Some of you are like, well, why, why isn't this happening in my life? Well, because... Ten steps ago, you didn't walk through the opportunity that was right there. 
and you're wondering why you're on this path, you might have to backtrack a little bit and go back down that path. In fact, Abraham Maslow, who wrote Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs, a famous psychologist and psychiatrist, he said this, if you plan on being anything less than you are capable of being, you will probably be unhappy all the days of your life. He says, listen, if you don't live to your potential, there's going to be this missing element to your life that will cause you to live a life of less than. And the only way that we can live a life of, of this bliss and of the purpose that God has put within us is if we stretch ourselves, is if we expand ourselves, is if we don't get comfortable in life. The problem is, is we love comfort. We love just, just this place where it's easy and it's not too hard. And there's not too much work, but it's just this, this good spot. And if we'd be honest with ourselves, we would all admit that there's in seasons of our lives where we don't stretch ourselves, where we settle for, for average in life, where we settle for just that's okay. And we all do it. We all get comfortable. And a lot of us, we're, we're settling for things in our lives because we're not stretching ourselves. We, we settle in our marriage and go, you know what? Uh, you know, it's not perfect, but I guess it's okay. We settle in our parenting. You know, they, they, they don't really listen to me very much, but I, they listen better than that kid, so I guess that's okay. We settle in our career and go, man, it's not where I want to be, but, you know, I, I, I guess this is just okay. We settle in our finances. We settle in our walk with God. And we end up with just an average life because we've settled for average. Do you know the average American marriage right now lasts eight years? Do you know that the average teen in America, 46% of them are sexually active? Do you know that the average American, 50% of them don't have $1,000 saved right now? Do you know that the average American, 60% of them dislike or hate their job? Do you know the average Christian, 60% of them outside of Sunday never read their Bible? The average church has 72 people in it. Why? Because people settle for average. Listen, we, we settle in our church too. Listen, you, you, you come to Coastal long enough, you know what's going to happen. You're going to hear two worship songs. Somebody's going to come out and welcome you, uh, talk to you about being a first-time guest, and we're going to sing two more songs. There's going to be a video. Again, a good-looking guy's going to come out and preach the daylights out. Uh, he's going to yell and scream because that's what he does. Then, then they're going to pray. Then somebody's going to take an offering. The average offering in America is $17 per person, but because the preaching is so good here, it's 20 And uh, I'm not supposed to laugh. Uh, but it's easy to settle for average, isn't it? It's just easy to get in the rut of life and just go, man, that's where I'm going to stay. And, and, and really, this is so easy to settle. In fact, this, this year, 2017, was, was, was the hardest year for me personally as, as a pastor and, and doing things that were going on in our church. And uh, we, we made it to uh, about the beginning of October. And at the beginning of October, we had, we had closed on loans. We had gone through the city of Parkland. We would gotten permits, all this kind of stuff. And I remember at, at, at the beginning of October, I just, I just took a step back and said, oh, 
I'm just going to sit back now for a little bit because I've worked really, really hard now. I don't, I don't have to do anything else. And, and I started kind of taking a break. And uh, I went away at the end of October. And I, when I came back, it was actually October 31st. Uh, it was, it was uh, Halloween. Uh, we put some candy outside of our house. And then we went in our backyard and ignored everybody that rung our doorbell and just said, eat the candy outside. And uh, Shayla and I were sitting out there. And I'll never forget this conversation with Shayla. And uh, if you don't know my wife, my wife has the sweetest way of punching you in the throat with her words. I don't know how. It's, it's, it's painful but beautiful. And uh, so we were sitting out there, and, and she looked at me, and she goes, and, and she said this. She said, TJ, you're settling for average. Like, it's time for you to step up and lead our church. Like, you've sat back long enough. I'm like, babe, I, I sat back for like two weeks, okay? She's like, listen, we need your vision. We need your leadership. We need you to, to get out of your comfort zone right now. And I remember looking at her and going, babe, I just want to take a breath right now. I go, I, it's like I've been in a 30-minute a AMRAP, if you've ever done CrossFit, as many rounds as possible in that 30 minutes. And, and it's like, man, I've been lifting, and I'm to this point in lifting to where I can't breathe. I'm just over, bent over. I'm, <laughs> Anybody ever been in that point in athletics where you're just like, somebody kill me right now? But like, that's how I felt. And, and I, was just, I was just in that moment. I was like, babe, I just want, can, I just, can I just get vision again in January? And she's like, you can, but it won't be good. And I remember going, I hate you, <laughs> in the sweetest way back. And, and honestly, it, it challenged me. And, and, and all of a sudden, it, it challenged me to get outside of my comfort zone. And, and that's when I said, you know what, God, I, I'm going to run after you. And I called our overseers. And I said, man, I've been slacking for the past, like, 30 days. Like, I need you all to hold me accountable and push me. And, and, and because I know that the only way that we're going to reach our potential, I'm going to reach my potential, is if I keep stretching. And I heard uh, during that season about, uh, John Maxwell talked about the, the law of the rubber band. Now, rubber bands uh, are, are an interesting tool. Uh, but here's the thing about a rubber band. Nobody buys rubber bands and puts them on their desk and go, man, isn't that a great decoration? Isn't that beautiful? Doesn't it just add so much to the table right now? Like, it's, it's so valuable. No, no, no. The rubber band has no value at a limp state, Right? The only time a, a rubber band has value is when there's tension on the rubber band, right? It's, it's only when it's being stretched that all of a sudden it does something amazing in life. And here's the amazing thing about it is you can stretch it and it'll conform right back. And, and, and I feel like God is saying to us, listen, listen, all of us, it's easy for us to conform back to what was, but what we need to do is we need to have a constant tension in our lives of where we currently are over here and where God wants us to be and make sure that we're not just settling over here for average, but we're stretching ourselves, trying to get ourselves to where God wants us to be, to live out the purpose and the destiny for our lives and keep some tension there for us. Don't settle for normalcy. Don't settle for average. Don't settle for just conforming to being okay with being okay but God wants something more for your life don't settle for the comfortable life and I believe it's time for all of us to step up to not settle for an average life and here's the deal when you leave here today man we're going to hand you a rubber band to remind you don't settle for average stretch yourself don't conform to just being like everybody else and everything else and just going oh that's okay no 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 stretch yourself and here's what I do when I'm getting lazy I'll pull this rubber band and I snap it and it wakes me up. 
snapped you out of your slumber there. Because some of it's easy to let this conform. We pop, whoa, what's up with that, Jesus? You know, and just remind yourself that God's got something more for your life. So that we'll actually live out this legacy and this destiny that God has for us. But also know that there's some things that hold us back. And for some of us, some of the things that stop us in life, for some of us are a wrong view of ourselves. Some of us, we have some wrong views of ourselves. We see who we were in the past. We've seen what's happened to us, and we've allowed that to identify us. Rather than identifying in who God says we are, and I don't know if you realize this, but God sees greatness in you. God sees not only your current state, but your potential state. He says, listen, I'm, I'm talking to you as this person, not this person over here. And so I'm not talking at you based on your hurt or your past. I'm talking to you based on your potential and where I want you to go. In fact, in Psalms 18.35, it says God actually helps us to achieve our greatness. And if anybody can teach you about not feeling qualified for that, it's this guy up here. Because I don't know if you realize this or not, but I grew up in a broken home. My parents were put in federal prison. My parents owned bars and restaurants. The reason they did is because that was the easiest place to get drugs. And it's easier to get drugs when you own the places that are dealing the drugs. And so I come from all kinds of brokenness. And you go, well, you, you got ahead in life. You went and got an education. Yeah, I graduated high school. See, here's what I learned in life. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And some of y'all are disqualifying yourself, and God is going, no, 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 I called you, I'll qualify you. Stop disqualifying yourself when I've already qualified you. I've pre-qualified you for your situation. I've pre-qualified you for your destiny. Stop living in your past and start living in your destiny. See, we got to remember what 1 Peter 2, 9 says. It says, but you are a chosen generation. That means God chose you. doesn't matter that the world rejected you. God chose you. It says you're his own special people. You're special. Maybe you never heard that before, but God thinks you're special. And he, the reason you're his special people is that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Man, God, don't disqualify yourselves. Don't have a wrong view of yourselves. And I realize not all of you have a wrong view of yourselves, but a lot of us, what we don't have is a wrong view of ourselves, but what we do have is we have a wrong view of God. And we see God as minuscule, and we don't see him as very big. And what you got to remember is what Ephesians 3, 20 and 21 says. It says, now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to whose power? His power that is at work within us. To him be the glory and in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. See, God is able to do more. In reaching our full potential has to do all with God. See, if the things that we're trying to do, we can do on our own, then they're not really the things that God has for our lives. Because I promise you this, what God wants you to do, there ain't no way you're going to be able to accomplish it on your own. There's no way that you're going to be able to come up with a plan and, and, and the steps to figure that out. There's going to be, have to be a God intervention in that moment for you to succeed in that thing. This week I was talking with one of our, our trustees here at our church and we were talking about uh, our building project in Parkland and he's like, hey, how much more money do we have to raise in order to be able to go into that building you know, in, in, in uh, July, 
August. And I said, man, we have $500,000 still to raise as a church. And he's like, how are we going to do that? And I go, I don't know. He's like, you don't have a plan? I was like, well, I did, but that didn't work. So, uh, like, I don't really have a clue how it's going to happen. He's like, that isn't a very good plan. I said, yeah, but it's God's plan. I said, man, if, if we are figuring this out, then we aren't doing the right thing. We, we should have we should have stretched further. But I said, man, I, we're, we're stretched because I don't have a clue how God's going to do this. And that's exactly how God wants us to see him because, you know what, in our power, we shouldn't be able to do that. But it's through him who's able to do immeasurably more. That's why we called it immeasurably more because we can't possibly pull that out without him showing up. That's why they end that with the word amen. It means to you better believe that. You better believe it. That's why Paul continues that on in verse 4-1. And a lot of people don't think that that goes along with it. But that's why he says in verse 4-1, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Hey man, you've got a calling. I urge you. That word urge means to reach or to stretch for what God is calling you to do. He's saying, man, you've got to continually stretch yourself to what God is calling you to do, man. And if you're looking for a church that is going to settle for average, you're at the wrong church. Just get up and leave. I'm serious. Like, we're not settling for average around here. We're not going to settle for an average relationship with God, man. God's got something more. We're going to push for you to have a greater relationship with God, man. We're going to serve more than any other church is going to serve. We're going to give more than other churches are going to give. Why? Because we want more of God. We're not settling for just what can be. We're settling for more than what we possibly can imagine. And I'll be honest with you, man, as, as a pastor, I, I'm, I'm tired. But I don't care because I'm running back and forth, back and forth to services, preaching. Because you know what? There's people that need to be reached that are out there. Man, last year we saw over 300 people give their lives to Jesus and 92 people get water baptized. You know what? And I'm not satisfied with that. Last year, we gave a little over $100,000 away to missions and outreach and evangelism last year. And that's awesome as a church. But you know what? I'm not settling for that. I want God to stretch us. I want us to give away $200,000 this year. Man, I don't know how we're going to do that. But man, I want to see God do that. I had a pastor this week that said, man, TJ, you sound like you're all about numbers. And I said, yep, I sure am. I'm all about numbers. Man, God's got an entire book called Numbers, so I'm <laughs> I said, I count everything. Want to know why? Because every number has a name, and every name has a story, and every single one of those stories matter to God, and God wants his story and their story to intersect so it can impact other stories. And so, man, we're going to keep pushing, and we're going to keep driving, because God's got more for us. And Jesus said in Matthew 14, 12, I tell you the truth, anyone who has faith in me will do what I've been doing, which is awesome. I'd love to do what Jesus did. But then he says, he will do even greater things than these. That's our potential, greater things. The greater things there is actually the word megas. M-E-G-A-S, megas. God has mega things for us. If we're willing to stretch and expand ourselves and, and allow him to do that, he's got more for our marriages, he's got more for our finances, he's got more for our relationships, he's got more for our children, he's got more in our homes, he's got more in our church, but we need to have faith in God because that's where your greater things, where your greater potential stems from. And so I want to end here, and, and I just want to talk about the story in, in Joshua chapter 6. 
And I want to give us some principles to how we can build our faith. Because I believe that this year God is going to stretch us. And he's going to stretch us particularly in the area of faith. And so Joshua chapter 6, if you don't know what's happening. uh, Joshua has led the children of Israel out of the desert. And they're coming up against Jericho. Which is this huge fortified city. And uh, they're coming up against some obstacles in life. Like many of us are as we're going into 2018. We're coming up against some obstacles that are out there. Uh, and it's some doors that seem like they're shut. Some opportunities that seem like they're impossible in life. But what we got to understand when we come up against those things is number one, is faith opens the door to greater things. Faith opens the door to greater things in our life. In Joshua chapter 6, verse 1, it says, Now the gates of Jericho were tightly shut. And for some of us, it feels like that in life. It feels like the relationship that we've been looking for, we're a single person out there. Man, where is that relationship? It seems like every door is shut when it comes to my relational world. And man, we need to have some faith in that moment. For some of us, it seems like our finances are shut down, man. We just went through the holidays with Visa and MasterCard. They're calling. I don't have answers. And it seems like, man, there's some, the doors are closing in. The walls are caving in on me right now. You need to have some faith in that situation. We need to step in because where we have faith in those situations, all of a sudden, our faith can open doors that seem like they'll never open in life. See, what we fail to realize is that this is the same city that Moses sent spies to check out in, 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 in uh, Numbers chapter 13. Numbers chapter 13, he sent spies in, and they looked at it, and they saw the giants, and they saw the city, and what they said is they said, man, those people are too great to conquer. In fact, they said, we'll be crushed like grasshoppers by those people. Why? Because when we let fear answer the barriers in our lives, it will always run away. Instead of allowing fear to answer the door, we need to let our faith answer the door to obstacles that are before us. Because with their, if there's no struggle in your life, there's never going to be any strength. And if there's never any battles, you're never going to experience the glory of victory. But it takes faith to trust that God's in the middle of that. And accomplishing greater things is going to require some huge faith in God when it seems like it's an impossible situation. So how do you grow that faith? Number two, faith is grown in God's presence. Faith is grown in God's presence. Verse three, it says, you and your fighting men shall march around the town once a day for six days. Seven priests will walk ahead of the ark, each carrying a ram's horn. On the seventh day, You are to march around the town seven times with the priests blowing the horns. And when you hear the priests give one long blast on the ram's horns, have all the people shout as loud as they can. Then the walls of the town will collapse and the people can charge straight into town. That is the worst plan I've ever heard in my life. Come on, let's be honest. Like, you'd be like, Jesus, God, Holy Spirit. What's plan B? Do we have a a plan D? I mean, anything. I'll take the F plan. I don't care. I like any of them. Because it's one thing to believe God's going to do something. It's another thing to start walking in that belief, isn't it? Because that's, that's a problem a lot of us have. Man, I believe, God, I believe you can do it. And God's going, well, take the step. Well, I, I believe, though. See, here's the element of faith that's hard. Faith requires some action. And a lot of times, we don't know the action we're supposed to take unfortunately. But I think right here, Joshua and God give us some some clarity on what's an action we need to take. Because what do they do? 
Before they go to battle the city, they put the priests out front blowing horns. Why? To worship. They said, you know what? We're, we're, we're just going to change the entire mentality of our people. Last time we sent spies to check it out. This time we're sending worshipers. It's one of the reasons why we do prayer and fasting this, this week is because we believe it's important to set the right tone before we move into something great. That we get our focus on the right thing. That we put God in a proper place and perspective in our life. So he can do a work in our life. In verse 8 it says, After Joshua spoke to the people, the seven priests with the ram's horns started marching in the presence of the Lord and blowing the horns as they marched, and the ark of the Lord's covenant followed behind them. See, worship always changes things. See, it takes normalcy, just takes a normal environment and creates an atmosphere of faith and expectation where there was nothing before him. Hey, Josh, will you play something for me? Joshua starts to play, all of a sudden, everything changes. See, it's one thing when Joshua goes, hey, you're going to defeat this enemy. It's a totally different thing when he goes, hey, let's, as we're on our way there, let's start singing about how great and how awesome and how powerful and how how amazing our God is. Hey, Josh, stop real quick. See, I, I can get up here and I can say, God, I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. It's powerful, isn't it? Josh, you do it. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. Worship is a powerful thing. Let's do something a little bit different. I'm going to have Josh sing that again. You just sing it with him. Come on. I've seen you move. You move the mountains. And I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a way where there was no way. And I believe I'll see you do it again. Listen, you don't even have to sound good because I sound terrible. It's not about your talent. It's not about your ability. It's about aligning your heart with God's heart. It's about getting your mindset on the right thing. Because faith gets birthed in the presence of God. 
And some of us, we're struggling with faith because we haven't been practicing the presence of God. We haven't, we haven't maximized that aspect of our faith. The bad news for you is Josh can't go home with you. He's going to go home with Andrea today. But here's the good news is that you can practice God's presence anytime. You can practice his presence anywhere. Because listen, I know what happens. Sunday happens, people come in, we, we give an encouraging message like this, and, and you're ready to storm the gates of hell with a water gun. And you're like, what's up, devil? Super soaker hill. And then you get out on the road, and all hell breaks loose. And you're discouraged. It's in those moments we've got to practice his presence. In the morning when you wake up, don't go turn on Facebook or the news or read the newspaper. What you need to do is turn on some worship and go, God, man, I'm going to set my day up right. I'm going to practice your presence. I'm going to get my perspective in the right place. And you got to learn how to do this when nobody's around so that when everybody's around, man, your faith rises up in those moments. And you go, I believe you can move the mountain. did it once, you'll do it again. We've got to grow our faith in His presence. And as we're doing that, what happens is, number three, is faith gets shown in our faithfulness. See, a lot of us live with a one day or a someday mentality. One day, I'm going to walk in my destiny. Someday I'm going to walk in my purpose. Someday I'm going to I'm going to do that thing where I'm going to ask that girl out. The problem is is I've never found one day, found one day or someday on a calendar. You know what days on the calendar? Today. Some of us we just need to start right here right now. Some of us need we just need to continue right here right now. Because if we're going to reach our potential, if we're going to expand and, and we're going to fulfill our destiny, we've got to be faithful today and tomorrow and every day thereafter. In verse 15, it says, On the seventh day, the Israelites got up at dawn and marched around the town as they had done before, which, which tells me, man, they just started and they just kept going. For some of us, we just need to start today. For others of us, the word that you need to hear is, man, just keep going. Just keep being faithful. Susie talked about this last weekend and killed it. Man, we just need to keep moving forward. Keep marching. I promise you, you'll see progress. I know it feels like you're going in circles, but God is forging a path that you can't see right now. Man, I, I love our story as a church because it's the, it's the story that no church planner ever wants to tell. We started September 9th, 2009. Our first Sunday, we had 363 people at our first service. A lot of those are friends and family that came to see what God was doing here. And seven weeks later, we had had a Gideon revival. If you don't know what that is, we grew the church down to 63 people. We're killing it. Literally. It's about to die. And I remember that that Sunday and Shayla turned to me and she goes, man, there's nobody here. And I said, I know. 
She says, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to preach like there's 6,000 people here. Listen, and I've been preaching like there's 6,000, 60,000, 600 million. I don't care. I don't care if there's one person here. I'm going to preach my guts out. Every single, I'm going to leave it all, I'm going to leave it all out there every single Sunday. Every single day, I'm going to leave it there. They're not going to say, man, you know what? He didn't give it his all today. No, no, no. He threw down and lost his voice. You'll hear him on Monday. He can't talk. And our story has been a story of faith. We just kept showing up. Church planner I was with last two weeks ago, he was like, man, what's the key to success? Just show up every day. And if you don't quit, you'll see God do some amazing things. I believe the same thing is true in your life. Man, if you'll just keep showing up and you'll just keep doing what you need to do, man, God will finish it and do something incredible. The number seven is the number of completion. That's why I said seven days later. Listen, some of y'all, you're like, well, I've been going for seven days. Listen, well, maybe your, your, your city or your thing is going to take seven weeks. Or maybe it's going to take seven months or it's going to take seven years or 70 years. What God is calling you to do, he's saying, listen, you just keep marching. You just keep singing. You just keep staying faithful in that moment. And I promise you, when I'm going to do it again. I'm going to do something in your life if you'll stay faithful in that season. And in verse 20, it says, when the people heard the sound of the ram's horn, when they shouted as the Lord as loud as they could, suddenly the walls of Jericho collapsed and the Israelites charged straight into the town and captured it. Listen, if you'll stay faithful, so will God. And I promise you, your walls will come down. Your addictions will be broken. The chains that have been holding you back will break off. All of a sudden, you'll start to step into your purpose and start to live out your destiny. You'll accomplish the things that God has been calling you to do. You'll start to see the fruitfulness from your faithfulness in your life if you just don't give up. And so this year church my my challenge to us is man let's stretch let's expand let's not let, allow the tension to go slack let's keep pressing on to see the high calling for which god has for every single one of us and let's not settle for anything less let's not let's not be average when god has called us to something more than that do you guys believe with me today I know that this is kind of just like in your face, like I'm just going to punch you and tell you, but man, I believe God's potential wants to be fulfilled today. And whatever you're believing for, he's got more than that for you if you'll start walking in it. Would you guys bow your heads and pray with me? God, we just come before you and we thank you.